I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. This is Mint Light Morning Shot, and I am Shohini Sen. Good morning. Here's a roundup of the news you can use before you start your day. French Prime Minister Jean Castex has defended the draft legislation aimed at clamping down on radical Islamism as a law of freedom after a torrent of criticism from Muslim leaders including Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan and expressions of concern from the United States of America, reports AFP. The law was in the pipeline before the murder in October of Samuel Patti, a junior high school teacher who was attacked in the street and beheaded after showing cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad in a class. Mining giant Rio Tinto has been asked to pay restitution to indigenous Australians affected by its destruction of two ancient rock shelters to expand an iron ore mine, an inquiry panel said on Wednesday, reports Reuters. The panel released an interim report in which it also recommended Rio Tinto should fully reconstruct the rock shelters in Western Australia's Pilbara region at its own expense and laid out broader inquiry industry guidance that included reviewing consent practices and a moratorium on mining in the affected places. The indigenous Australian people whose lands were impacted said in a statement that they hoped the inquiry's findings prompted a fundamental reset of the sector, particularly in the relationships between traditional owners and miners. Meanwhile, the company is set to announce its new chief executive soon, after several senior leaders agreed to step down in August due to procedural failings. Indonesia held a nationwide regional election on Wednesday, with more than 100 million voters eligible to cast a ballot, even as the country reported the highest COVID-related deaths at 171. The total number of fatalities in the Southeast Asian country now stands at 18171, the world's third biggest democracy and fourth most populous nation, Indonesia, had initially delayed the vote which was to be held in September to tackle the spread of coronavirus. From the capital Jakarta to the holiday island of Bali, polling station staff in full protective gear enforced social distancing and took voters' temperature before the polls closed. Many were tasked with taking ballot boxes into hospitals so that COVID patients could vote from their sick beds. At least four election candidates have died so far, according to independent research group LaporCovid, and more than 1,000 election agency staff were infected ahead of voting day. Reflecting on Global News, a report by IDEA, or Democracy Institute International, found that more than six of ten countries around the world have adopted measures during the COVID-19 pandemic that threaten democracy or human rights. 
The study, which examined the situation in almost all countries of the world, concluded that 61% of nations implemented restrictions that were either illegal, disproportionate, indefinite or unnecessary in at least one area of democratic freedom regardless of effectiveness from a health perspective. India topped the list with measures of concern in 9 out of 22 areas studied, including freedom of movement and expression and freedom of the press, ahead of Algeria and Bangladesh with 8 areas of concern, reports AFP. A coalition of campaigning bodies has warned that rich countries are already hoarding vaccines which can have a severe impact on citizens living in poorer countries, reports BBC. The People's Vaccine Alliance says nearly 70 lower-income countries will only be able to vaccinate 1 in 10 people. This is despite Oxford AstraZeneca pledging to provide 64% of its doses to people in developing nations. However, measures are being taken to ensure access to vaccines is fair around the globe. This vaccine commitment, known as COVAX, has managed to secure 700 million doses of vaccines to be distributed between the 92 lower-income countries that have signed up. But even with this plan in place, the People's Vaccine Alliance, which includes Amnesty International, Oxfam and Global Justice Now, says there is not enough to go around and drug companies should share their technology to make sure more doses are produced in time. The US space agency NASA has outlined the scientific priorities for the Artemis III astronauts it intends to send to the moon in 2024 in a recently published report, according to AFP. One of the goals will be to bring back a total of 85 kgs of lunar samples, both from the surface and subsurface more than the average of 64 kgs brought back by Apollo mission members between 1969 and 1972. They also suggested the development of lighter scientific instruments which are capable of carrying out more than one investigation or measurement. NASA's eventual goal is to establish an Artemis base camp on the moon before the end of the decade. Earlier this month, the space agency also awarded contracts to four companies to collect lunar samples for $1 to $15,000, prices that might set a precedent for future exploitation of space resources by the private sector. You're listening to Mint Like Morning Shot with Shohini Sen. You can reach out to me on Twitter at Shohini Sen or on Facebook and Instagram at HD Smartcast. And to listen to more such podcasts, do log on to hdsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.